0: The Carolina Hurricanes are taking on the Dallas Stars tonight in Raleigh. And what do the Hurricanes need to do to come away with the win in this game? Find out in today's crossover edition of Locked on Hurricanes. Your Locked on Hurricanes. Your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, KDX. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And in today's episode, I am joined by Dane Lewis from Locked on Dallas Stars in this crossover edition of Locked on Hurricanes. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes, myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96, and follow the show on whatever streaming platform you're using and rate the show five stars, and the show is on YouTube now, still working out some technical difficulties there, but go ahead and drop a subscribe over there on the YouTube. Now, I won't keep you any longer, so enjoy this edition of Locked on Hurricanes.
1: I can uh, I can make that work. I'm glad I remembered to record. I saw the button, I was like, I should probably do that, and not just assume this is going to pick up
0: everything. Don't, for- don't forget to hit record.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, would not would not be my first time. I haven't done it so far yet with a guest or a crossover, but it'd be bound to happen. But we are recording, so I can see the, the button. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome in, everybody, Stars fans and Carolina Hurricanes fans. This is Dane Lewis, host of Locked on Stars, joined now by Jared Ellis, host of Locked on Hurricanes, here to talk about tonight's big matchup between the Stars and the Canes going down in Carolina. And it's been Quite some time since these teams last met up. They last met up in Dallas a little bit after Thanksgiving. The Stars coming away with a 4-1 win in that matchup. But now the Hurricanes have revenge on their mind. And Jared, uh, got to ask you, I know that you know the trade deadline just happened Monday. And the, the, Hur- the Hurricanes made maybe not the biggest move, but still a pretty substantial move in getting uh, Max Domi from Columbus. And what are kind of your thoughts on that trade? I'm sure you've been talking about it on your show as of late, but just kind of some insight for the stars fans here listening. What are kind of your thoughts on this whole trade and how everything went down for Carolina
0: on deadline day? This was a trade where I, I'm still making up my mind on it because we look at the trade itself. It was a three-way deal between us, the blue jackets and the Panthers. Obviously we got max Domi um, and then Tyler Inamoto, I do apologize if I mispronounce that from Florida. Columbus got, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name. Uh, (laughs) the guy we got in the draft from the Alex Nukovich trade last year. He's heading up there to Columbus, and Florida is getting Igor Korshkov from us. Again, haven't really seen those names before, so I do apologize that i mispronounced them because let's be honest i definitely did <laughs> but yeah so and with that it's columbus retained 50 percent of the salary florida took on a quarter of it and then the hurricanes we took the final quarter of the salary but this is one i'm unsure of how it's gonna go because yes he is a big ish name um but he's hasn't had the greatest year this year so far. I'm not really sure just how he really improves the team. And honestly, I don't even know where he's going to fit in the lineup uh, come game time, because it's not like anyone on the actual hurricanes roster got moved to either Columbus or Florida. So you're going to have two healthy scratches where it's kind of normally just been one as of late. I mean, Jordan Martinuk's still out. uh, So yeah, he'll slot in and only be the one scratch, but now we'll have two extra forwards whenever Martinuk comes back. And I'm kind of wondering how that's going to go because it's not even like you shipped a guy off for pick or future considerations, everyone's favorite guy. So I'm interested to see how this goes. He didn't play last night against Tampa Bay. Uh, he was in Raleigh, uh, but he was just kind of there for media and whatnot. But he is slated to play in this game against the Stars. So it'll be interesting to see where he fits in a lineup. I'm very curious to see how this pans out.
1: Yeah, I was wondering that myself kind of, you know, looking at this Carolina team and where they've been over the past few weeks and you know, they seem to be in pretty good shape, all things considered, uh, sitting pretty in the standings. And I feel like kind of a a not as much talked about team in the Eastern Conference, especially with Florida making uh, the, you know, the moves for Ben Sherratt and Claude Giroux and uh, Tampa Bay still, you know, being a powerhouse looking for the three-peat. Uh, and even Toronto, even though they didn't make very many great moves at the deadline, I just feel like they always get talked about a ton. And so I feel like this Carolina team definitely gets overlooked. I'm curious to see. Uh, where Domi gets placed in the lineup as well. Uh, I know that's something the Stars are probably going to try to game plan for, but also really have no idea how to game plan for that. Um, and kind of talking about this Canes team over the past few weeks, uh, I know that they had a little bit of a losing skit, I believe, four games, but that was snapped on Tuesday night against the Lightning. What was the reason for that win, and what did the Canes do differently there uh,
0: that they hadn't been doing during that losing streak? I would say with that, with that game, it was really capitalizing on chances and special teams because penalty kill was perfect on the night. I don't have the exact number in front of me right now, but they didn't allow any power play goals. It's the top penalty killing unit in the NHL for a reason and the power play. It's finally stepped up two of the goals that we scored in that game were power play goals and that snapped a six-game skid for the power play where they had been kept off the board. So special teams was really, really big in that game as well as just capitalizing on chances that we were getting because that had been an issue for us as of late. Uh, We weren't capitalizing on chances and generating them as well, but we were able to do that against Tampa Bay despite Nikita Kucherov trying to uh, start some stuff after the game. but. (laughs)
1: That sounds about right. I feel like that's a, a typical night for, for Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, if they can't win, they have to, you know, at least leave their mark wherever they, they play. So
0: they wanted to be a part of the storm surge. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, benches cleared <laughs> and you know, everyone meeting at center ice, but yeah, they just want to be a part of the storm surge. Yeah. It's
1: a unique aspect of, you know, the home ice advantage for the hurricanes and they just don't get to see it that often. So yeah, they, they just wanted to to be a part, but yeah, <laughs> very very interesting stuff from uh, Nikita Kucherov as always, and uh, you continue to look deeper into this team and Frederick Anderson, obviously a guy uh, in you know the crease for the Canes this season, having a really big season, uh, his best statistical year so far from what I could find, a two point zero six goals against average and a nine two eight save percentage. What is he doing at age thirty two that's kind of propelled him uh, to this you know this almost next level kind of you know season that
0: he's had? Mm-hmm. I think it's a few things there with Freddie this year. Obviously, you know, it's no secret at the, when the deal was originally made back in the off season, I was unsure about it. We all know just how upset I was that Alex and was gone. I mean, before we even started this call, you know, I uh, took a little picture of my phone or whatever, you know, send to you, you know, messing with you. And Alex and is still the wallpaper on my computer. <laughs> um, but I think what's helped him this year is, one, he is healthy. I think that's honestly probably the biggest thing is he is healthy. He's not hurt anymore. So I think that's a big thing there. He's healthy. He has a really, really good team in front of him with a really, really good defense. Arguably one of, if not the best defense in the NHL is in front of him. So he wasn't really having that in Toronto. They're a very offensive-minded team. They're built for the regular season, not the playoffs. Everyone's really talked about that. But that's helping him as well. And then, honestly, just from a mental aspect, aspect, he's in Raleigh, North Carolina, not Toronto. So I feel that, you know, like you said earlier, Hurricanes aren't really getting the type of coverage that other teams do. Toronto is arguably the biggest team in the NHL. They get some of, if not the most coverage of all the teams. So you have that spotlight on you, that's never going to help. It was very much the same way with uh, Jake Gardner. Whenever he came down here, you know, he's obviously out this season with injury and all that stuff, but that was something that helped him as well. It's just, you don't have that big spotlight on you anymore.
1: Yeah, and I think the cool part about some of these teams like in the southern more part of North America that are emerging, whether it is Florida, Tampa Bay or Carolina or even, you know, Dallas in the Stanley Cup finals two years ago. uh, It's really unique to see because, I mean, this is a a league that, you know, started up up north in Toronto, one of the original teams, as well as Boston, New York, Chicago. Um, But, you know, I, I just think a team like Carolina has been, you know, up and coming for so long and kind of, you know, just under the radar, a smaller market team. And I feel like Sebastian Ajo is also just like a perfect fit there. I think if you plug him into one of these bigger market teams that he's talked about a lot more, uh, but he, he really just isn't. I feel like, I mean, I feel like I just don't personally hear a lot about him. I also uh, live in Texas. So, I mean, there's no surprise there, but even at the national level, uh, he's having a really, really good season um, and maybe on pace to, you know, break his points record at 83 back in the 2018, 2019 season. Uh, Do you think he's able to crack that number?
0: I definitely do barring any kind of injury or anything like that. uh, I definitely think he can. I predicted heading into this season that we would see the return of all-star Sebastian Ajo. We hadn't seen it, you know, the past two seasons because of, you know, bubble and, you know, COVID and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I predicted that he'd go to his second all-star game this year and, I was right. Uh, I fully expected him to just take that next step. You know, prior to the season, he was awarded you know an A to put on the front of his jersey, and he's really taking that next step. One as a leader for the team, and then also on the ice, the guy is absolutely killing it there. And it's not one of those things of oh, you signed your big money contract, and now you're just gonna phone it in like we see so many other professional athletes do across sports. Not that case with him. He got his nice deal a couple years ago uh, because of that whole offer sheet situation, and he has continued to get better and better every single year.
1: Yeah, he's certainly a fun guy to watch. I don't get to see too much of him just living in a, a different area of the country, but whenever I do get to watch him, he's just an absolute delight. Uh, and even, you know, he'll be competing against the Stars in tonight's game. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some moments where I maybe drop my jaw a little bit. But we're going to take a quick break and continue to talk about the stars Canes matchup. After a quick thank you to one of our sponsors. And today's sponsor is BetOnline.net. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. Jared, do you have a, a team that you're kind of pulling for to win the March Madness tournament?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm obviously in Raleigh, North Carolina. College basketball is basically a religion in this state. So whether it's UNC, Chapel Hill, Duke, Wake Forest, NC State, everyone is constantly watching college basketball here. It's on every single TV across the state, whether it's at home, a bar, a restaurant, a school, whatever. (laughs) It's always on. And me personally... I picked Duke this year. NC State isn't in the tournament this year. So I went with Duke. I want Coach K to go out on top.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that. I am I grew up in Lubbock where Texas Tech is, and I know that's the next matchup in the Sweet 16 is Texas Tech-Duke. And so really excited for that matchup. I know that that team, Blue Devils team, is going to be fired up for Coach K, but Texas Tech also certainly looking to play villain. But Bet Online is the best place to go. If you plan on making any bets for the March Madness tournament from all the latest odds, contest, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Jumping back into today's crossover episode between Locked On Stars and Locked On Hurricanes, Dane Lewis and Jared Ellis. Now flipping the script. uh, Jared, the floor is yours, my friend. I'm here to answer any questions you have uh, about the Stars team going into tonight's matchup.
0: Yeah, so very much akin to what you said about the Hurricanes for you. I don't really get to see a whole lot of the Stars. It's really only whenever we tend to play each other. So I know we were kind of speculating a while back whether or not the Hurricanes and Stars would make a trade at the trade deadline for one John Klimberg. There was a lot of speculation on that really going back to the Mm offseason. It wasn't just at the deadline or leading up to it, but that didn't happen. Uh, Why do you think that is?
1: Yeah, I think it, when you boil it down, it really just has to do with the fact that Miro Haskinen is on the, lo- on not long-term IR, but on IR right now with mononucleosis. Um, I mean, he's the best defenseman on the team, John Klingberg, easily the second best. Uh, and so, you I mean, you give up John Klingberg while not having Miro Haskinen, and, and that just leaves the defensive core in uh, absolute shambles. And, you know, it, I, that's not to say that I don't think we could have gotten a decent return for Klingberg because he's really – picked up his play as of the last few weeks with the absence of Miro Haskinen. And so it's just one of those things that the the timing just wasn't there. I, I imagine once Haskinen was gone, uh, that the front office was probably you know shutting down any offers that got sent their way. And yeah, it, it's kind of a, an anticlimactic ending, I guess, for both sides and makes me a little bit nervous going into the off season because assuming that the stars and Klingberg don't get something worked out, he could potentially just walk and the stars could get nothing for a guy that's What been one of the better offensive defensemen in the league for the past several years.
0: Yeah, and you actually just speak of offense, flipping the script over to your forwards, Joe Pavelski, he's having an awesome year at age 37. Mm -hmm. What is clicking for him this year? Obviously, he's never been a bad player or anything like that, but you see guys get up there in age like he does They tend to peter off a little bit, but he's showing no signs of slowing down this year and having an amazing year. But like I said, what is it that's clicking for him this year?
1: Yeah. I think part of it is getting paired on the top line with rope Hens and Jason Robertson, who are two young up and coming potential future all-stars. And, you know, the sky's the limit with both those players. And so, you know, you mix Pavelski's like veteran instinct and his, you know, hard work and his his dedication to his craft and then the the speed and the agility and athleticism of Robertson and Hints. I think that plays a factor. Um, and then I, I tell people all the time, I mean, you, you look at other members of Stars Media that are at morning skate uh, or even just normal Stars practice, and they always say the first guy out on the ice is Joe Pavelski, and he's in front of the net working on deflections, rebounds, uh, you name it. So, I mean, he's the first guy out on the ice at practice, and he takes care of himself Uh, But also, you know, even though he's a veteran in this league and no one would bat an eye or think otherwise if he wanted to take a day off, he just simply does it. I think he finally missed uh, a morning skate on Tuesday, on game day. The the Stars played the Oilers that night, but then he played the game. He scored a goal. I think he ended up having an assist as well. Um, And if I'm not mistaken, that was like the first practice that he just decided to to take a break. Um, And again, I don't think anyone judges him for that because like you said, he is 37 years old. So I think it's just a mixture of all those things. He continues to want to get better uh, and continues to find ways to improve his game despite his age and also uh, is playing along a Calder Trophy finalist and uh, one of the best skaters in the NHL in Rupe hints,
0: Yeah, I know. It's crazy to see him just, again, 37 years old and just having a career year. It's crazy to think about, very Tom Brady-esque of just – not slowing down really. I yeah. know a lot of people are probably gonna hate that comment though.
1: <laughs> not not but, as many rings as Tom Brady, but the same same energy for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's
0: yeah. It, and you talked about him being first out on the ice, last off. Very reminiscent of someone much younger than him in Andre Svetnikov. He is always one of, if not the first guy out on practice, and then one of, if not the last off as well, and then there's been many, many times where after a game, and you know, after he gets changed out of his uniform, he's right back out there on the ice practicing, mm-hmm. whether it's a win or a loss, and just the same energy there of like never settling. And it's great to see that you know, both of these guys, you know, at complete opposite ends of their career, Pavelski probably in the next. Three, maybe four years, he's calling it. Andre, he's got decade-plus left for him, but them both having that same energy of not ever settling. That's great to see, but you mentioned you know, your top line of just how good that is. What do we need to do to really stifle that top line?
1: Yeah, I think what it's going to come down to uh, and what I think the Edmonton Oilers fell victim to is really the speed of especially Ropey Hintz and Jason Robertson. Uh, I mean, they're just so quick and they're so smart with their movement, even when they don't have the puck, Uh, especially Jason Robertson. If you could just, you know, make a highlight reel of him alone without the puck of just knowing where to be um, whenever his teammates are moving or passing the puck around. And I think also that top line is playing a lot better when John Klingberg's on the ice as of late. So then you throw out, you know, a fourth guy that you have to be on the lookout for. And uh, I mean, it's just a a dangerous, you know, minute or minute and a half with that top line out there. So that's really what it's going to come down to is have some really fast defensemen out there that can either contain or at least, you know, get the stick in the way of passes and uh, don't give a guy an opportunity to be open. You know, you may see a guy like Robertson or Rupe move away from the play uh, and the defensemen or even the forwards that might possibly be on them need to be mindful of that and not Ignore that, but also, you know, keep an eye on them because they can get by you in, in the blink of an eye. And next thing you know, the puck's in the back of the net uh, and you're up looking at the screen trying to figure out what happened because uh, things can move quickly. And even Pavelski, not quite the speediest guy with the skates, but can make really quick moves with the stick or, you know, get, catch a deflection or something like that because that's that's normally what he's working on uh, when he's out on, you know, the ice early for morning skate is uh, deflections in front of the net.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something i was thinking about you know just not abandoning your guy i because the hurricanes they obviously play really tight coverage really tight man-to-man defense and really just smother you uh but i remember uh when was i believe we were playing pittsburgh in pittsburgh uh you know everyone just kind of got off to one side of the ice for the puck Sidney crosby was just completely open tony d'angelo had just kind of left him abandoned and what do you know sydney crosby does sydney crosby things and scores but one final question is i've seen a lot of hurricanes fans you know, talking about you know excited to see tyler sagan uh tomorrow night so what kind of year is he having for those that haven't been keeping up with the stars mm.
1: Yeah, it's a weird year for Tyler Sagan. He started off really slow, but ever since the All-Star break, he's really picked up his game. He's fourth on the team in points with 37. He actually just scored uh, career goal number 300 on Tuesday against Edmonton. Uh, he'd been on the 300 watch for like a week and a half, and uh, it was starting to just become a, a dead horse here on our show because um, it seemed like only a matter of time because he's really picked up his game as of late. And I think being paired on a line with Jamie Benn, of course, I mean, they've been playing together for years. But then they've recently added Dennis Gurionov to that second line. And I think that he's really built good chemistry with him. And I think that's been a big booster for his game in the second half of the season. So he's definitely a guy you'll have to be on the lookout for. I think if you're, you know, a, a fan of another team or just kind of a fan of the NHL and you take a, a quick look at the stars, you see the top line and you and you kind of maybe think that the rest of the team isn't quite as much of a threat, but. Tyler Sagan can, you know, sometimes he might not have any points, but he's also a guy that can still at this point in his career easily go for, you know, a two or three point night. Uh, I don't know if that's what we'll get in Carolina, because I know uh, the defense is going to be hard to beat, but he's definitely a guy that still has a little bit of his edge that
0: he had earlier in his career. Yeah, it's definitely one I'm looking forward to seeing, because like you said, he's really picked it up post all-star break. But we will get into – our predictions for tonight's game right after this quick break. Now we are back with myself, Jared Ellis from Locked on Hurricanes, and Dane Lewis from Locked on Dallas Stars. Now we've asked each other our questions you know, regarding each other's teams, but now time is up. What are our predictions for tonight? I personally I am thinking it will probably be a very, very physical game with the way Dallas plays the way we play I think it's going to be really physical and we're going to knock the crap out of each other and I think we will see some really good goaltending uh as well I'm really not sure in terms of a final score if I remember correctly the last time we predicted that we were predicting a low scoring effort and it was very much not so I I'm predicting you know, maybe a five goal total between two teams i will definitely go with the hurricanes for the win tonight but it's not going to be an easy win i think they'll probably only win by one goal maybe two with yeah you know, that second goal being an empty netter
1: yeah i think i definitely agree and the stars have found themselves in a lot of physical matchups as of late they they played a game in dc uh on sunday that started out fairly normal and then the checks just kept coming and coming and Uh, People were getting tossed in the penalty box left and right for roughing. And so certainly could be expecting that. And I know last season that's kind of how it was for these teams also when they played Mm -hmm. eight times with the division realignment. I'm sure that there's still a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe some animosity there between some of the players still on the roster. And yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. I know last time I think we predicted low scoring and the Stars came out and and scored four goals against, uh, you know, Anderson. And what was at the time probably still the best PK in the league. Uh, which was just shocking. But they were also in the middle of a, a seven-game win streak at that time. That's probably the best we've seen the Stars play this season. So, yeah, I'll, I'll agree. I think maybe four or five goals total. Um, I, I typically am not always confident about the Stars on the road, but they are they only have four home games in the month of March, and they only have one left, and it'll be over the weekend after this game in Carolina. So they've almost kind of just had to build the habit of being on the road this you know this month of March, and they've done pretty well. Um, all things considered and so I think that you know that won't be a huge factor in this matchup uh, being away from home even though Carolina does have that good home ice advantage we talk about the the fan base there and how passionate they are but if anything I think that'll just feed into the excitement of the game and especially a lot of the veteran guys will be able to use that as motivation so I'll, I'll throw out maybe the same score maybe a, a three to two final stars I, I think can get the win and maybe an overtime and even an overtime loss if the stars can come out of this game with at least a point I think that's a success, but again, uh great goaltending. I think we're in store for that uh, with Jake Gottinger playing as well as he is for the stars. And of course uh, we've been talking about Frederick Anderson. all show, and I know you, you mentioned, you think Max or Dom? Yeah. Max Domi will be, be playing as far as the stars. Uh, I know that they did get Vlad domestikov from Detroit. Not sure what the verdict is at this time, if he's playing or not. Uh, but that's something to definitely be on the lookout for his game time approaches, whether or not he's in the lineup, um, But, yeah, I I think that's going to be an interesting storyline to follow for sure.
0: Yeah, it will be definitely. And you did mention the division realignment from last year of the animosity carrying over. I will say for me before we go, it definitely has, especially, especially in our games against Nashville. It very much carried over for sure, (laughs) and as well as with Florida and Tampa. But, yeah, there's going – it's going to be a really tough physical game because these teams, you know, there's definitely been some turnover for both sides. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as a whole, these teams know each other well still, and those guys that were playing against each other last year with uh, all that stuff there, they remember all those things that were said on the ice. Uh, I remember Jordan Stahl and Jamie Benn, them really going at it last year. And if I remember correctly, earlier this year as well. So wouldn't surprise me if we see that carryover into this game as well.
1: Yeah, Jamie Benn's certainly not a stranger to controversy or uh, trash talk, fighting, whatever it is. Uh, that's definitely been kind of his MO this season um, whenever he's not scoring goals or, or getting assists. Uh, so, yes, yeah, very, very excited to watch this game unfold and uh uh jared if you want to take a second and kind of throw out where stars fans can maybe find more information on you and the show in case they want more insight on this carolina team
0: yeah they can find the show on twitter and instagram at lo underscore hurricanes myself on twitter at jared ellis underscore 96 and it's going to be on free and available on whatever streaming platform you are using on as well as on youtube
1: that's right. Yeah, all the all the locked on shows getting on YouTube uh, if they're not already really really soon. And uh, for any Hurricanes fans looking for more Dallas Stars insight, uh, you can find our show also on your favorite podcasting platform as well as on YouTube. And I am on Twitter at Dane Double Underscore Lewis, uh, and our show just a simple at Locked On Stars. But Jared, thank you so much for crossing over. Uh I guess this is the last time our teams will meet up unless. Uh, We see a Stanley Cup matchup between these teams, which seems a little bit more likely uh, for the Hurricanes. The Stars still very much on the fence in the Western Conference playoff race. But crazier things have certainly happened before in professional sports.
0: Yes, very much so. But it's good talking to you, Dane. And I will talk to you probably later on tonight after the game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I'm sure we'll be in touch.